0: I'm Satya Nelms, and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mothers sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Thank you so much for still being willing to do this interview in the time of Corona. Um, <laughs> uh, I keep feeling like I'm in like Gabrielle Garcia Marquez novel. Um, but yes, thank you so much <laughs> for still being willing and welcome so much. Thank you, Alicia, for being here. Um, if you could just start by telling uh, me and the listeners a little bit about yourself, that would be great.
1: Sure. So, um, my name is Lisa Summer. I am a writer and photographer, I guess is how I can put it most simply. Mm-hmm. And I live in the suburbs of San Francisco. I, you know, I can't even say I live in the suburbs of San Francisco because, like, <laughs> it's so vast. I live about an hour east of Oakland <laughs> in a town called Brentwood, not the famous. No, not the Brentwood, Los Angeles, that's, that's the O.J. Brentwood, I live in a, uh, other the other Brentwood of California, um, and currently I am doing marketing for a local winery, mm-hmm. uh, but I think of myself as basically just like a freelance creative. I like to just make things um, and try to stay inspired, and it just kind of comes out in different ways
0: love it. And how do you define motherhood? What is a mother?
1: Oh, wow. Um, a mother to me is anyone who has given a portion of themselves or their life toward caring uh, for something else outside of them. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think probably before having children and before kind of like having more relationships with women from our diverse like set of backgrounds, I probably would have defined it like, like how most people would probably define it. Like mm-hmm. as a, a woman who has birthed a baby from her body and mm-hmm. is now raising it hopefully into adulthood, mm-hmm. um, into realizing that like the act of being a mother or being a mother is really to me about, um, like this idea that we have the ability and the capacity to create something uh, and nurture it. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, yeah, someone who, mm-hmm. somebody who nurtures
0: mm-hmm. and creates. Yeah. And what do you think? What what different factors contributed to the evolution of that um, of that definition or of that understanding um, of what? it means to mother
1: i think it was really informed by being in other spaces that were largely woman mm-hmm. led or you know just like spaces for women and hearing elders or just women who are just slightly older than me who either have no children were adopted or um you know things that are considered their, or, or couldn't have children, you know, mm-hmm. like whether, whether they were childless due to biological reasons or, um, by personal choice and listening to them kind of also explain their, their point of view and, and like their experience in life. Mm-hmm. I think that's what made me start to think of it in a different way was because I was in these creative circles. there. Mm-hmm. Um, mother would often come up as kind of like a theme or like, you know, when we talk about nurturing our art or our creativity, we would talk about it like a baby or a child Mm -hmm. and like listening to other women say like, I don't have biological children. So like this particular metaphor for me doesn't necessarily make sense, but like, um, so like, I think that's how I started to shift my, or broaden my definition
0: Mm -hmm. of
1: mother, Mm -hmm. motherhood and who and what a mother is and could be, um, just by listening to other other people mm-hmm. and then kind of seeing how how expansive the word really could be,
0: mm-hmm. if you let it. Mm-hmm. I love that. It is, oh, it is such a, a loaded word, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> there is, you know, there's so much, just particularly in our culture, I'm sure in every culture, but speaking from the context that we are in, in our culture, that word yeah comes with a lot um are there aspects of the word that you have shed or let go of in the process of coming into this new understanding of of what a mother is
1: yeah I think for me when I initially went into being um when I initially became a mother so uh, my oldest uh, you know point of context is I was 22 years old when I had him. He's t- well, he'll be 13 at the end of the year. So, mm-hmm. um, I went. I was a very young mother to begin with, but I think I have these assumptions about what a mother does, which is basically like we hear a lot of women talk about these days, uh, or parents is like over self sacrifice. Like mm-hmm. like I needed to give up my entire life mm-hmm. in order to care for children, mm-hmm. um, and then process of doing that with my first realized that I lost so much of myself that it was probably also you know a reason that like my mental health was suffering and then when I was pregnant with my second child wanting to like really reclaim my you know aspects of myself because I I was going to have a girl and I was Mm -hmm. like well what kind of world would I want my daughter to be like Mm. what would I want for my daughter growing up Mm -hmm. um, as she becomes a woman and I was like oh well I have to be able to model that for her because that's how children learn <laughs> so I, I guess I better like make some different choices if I want her to be able to see something different from what we've been taught for
0: mm-hmm. so long
1: um, so I think like that's probably the biggest thing that I said was like for me this personal or like this idea that I had that being a mother was like always being in service but in a way that was so self, so self-sacrificing and like Mar- basically martyrdom is like how I thought of it is. it was like you know I'm, I don't want to be that mom oh, I don't want to be a mom who like I still do it so, I, to be fair I do sometimes be like I do everything for you people and none of you people do anything for me Like, yeah, I still say at the dinner table sometimes like I do not want to hear it because what did you do today uh-huh. for me uh-huh. <laughs> but like <laughs> the, the idea that like I had to give up my life and myself mm-hmm. in order to be a good mom I think is what was the biggest thing
0: that I learned, mm. or shed? And who were the biggest examples of mothering as you were growing up? Who were the mothers in your life?
1: You know, we were so um, we moved around a lot. My mm. my family did, and so we were we were pretty disconnected from the other matriarchs in my family I'd say mm-hmm. and like I wouldn't necessarily say that the relationships at least that I could see from my parents with their mothers was that great so like also a different time right like my my kids can FaceTime their grandparents mm-hmm.
0: like mm-hmm. anytime
1: this is you know back before cell phones even <laughs> yeah. were a thing uh but I only I, occasionally, like every couple of summers, we would, or once a year, we would drive down and see my grandmother in South Carolina, and then my other, my mother's mother lived in Georgia, and for a while we used to spend our summers there with
0: mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, definitely, my grandmother, like my my father's mother, is like the one who did a lot of handwork. Like she was always uh, doing macrame and like crocheting and stuff like that so like I guess those would be my examples of mothers growing up because outside of that we just we moved around so much we didn't really have we weren't connected to a place or a community for very long and so outside of my 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 mother Mm -hmm. and then my grandmothers there really weren't any other female role models or mother role or mother figures for me growing up Mm.
0: what's your earliest memory of being mothered
1: Earliest,
0: wow. Or one know. that stands out you to know, you?
1: One, so one thing that one thing that stands out to me is, um, so I was I used to be like super scared of dogs, like all dogs. Did mm-hmm. not like I was terrified of them. I'm this, I'm probably like five or six when this happens, and we lived in an apartment complex.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: at that time and I was outside and my, some some neighbor in my building let their dog chase me, like they literally, like they just watched their dog chase me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, he was white and now looking back at it as an adult I can probably tell that that was just racism
0: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, and for whatever reason my mother's car window was down so like I literally like climbed into the car like I climbed through the window into the car to escape this dog mm-hmm. and then, I don't know what happened I remember my mom yelling at that man then I remember being inside of a courtroom <laughs> and my Ooh. mom talking about that man. So I don't know what she did. <laughs> I don't know if she, she went, just tried to sue him. I don't know if she just happened to go to a, a council meeting. Like, I just remember that issue being brought up. Mm-hmm. And then the second my, the most significant thing that um, like I really remember as a, a point of being mothered is that uh, in let's say third grade, maybe second or third grade, I was going to sing in a talent show, been practicing. And like I got up on stage and I just started, like I couldn't say, I just started crying. And then my mom ran up from you know, the gym floor and like grabbed me and hugged me and then and got me off stage. So oh. I think those are probably like the two earliest memories I have.
0: Oh my goodness. You have a, a fierce, protective mama. And so <laughs> she is, yeah. so kind. <laughs> So, <laughs> tell me some more about about your mom. How would you describe your mom?
1: Well, you know, it's funny to hear you make that comment, and ret- like as I think about things in retrospect, because mm-hmm. my mother, it, she is that. She's definitely fierce. She's one of seven. Um, she's one one of the older ones of the seven in her family. Um, seven siblings, and there's only two girls, so. Mm-hmm five so boys, two girls. And she is definitely very outspoken and very opinionated, as all of the siblings are on her side of the family, which I think is probably normal when there's nine people in a house. Like, mm-hmm. somebody, you have to be loud in order to be heard. <laughs> um, and she has, like, no filter, which, when I was a kid, it was really... A, embarrassing a lot of the times <laughs> right like you couldn't take it to a restaurant because like she would literally tell you what she, you know and like you know people spit in your food you know, my dad and i'd be like can't say that to the server because like <laughs> people spit in your food like and we're gonna have awful certainly like, the rest of the time but she's just she doesn't she didn't care she doesn't care she has no filter uh and i've, as I've gotten older i've been able to respect that more and more and you know she she works in accounting so she and that's all she's done like professionally um it bores her but like it's what pays the bills Mm -hmm. air had and so she just stuck with it and um but she's i think also get a little bit of my creativity from her in that she growing up she sang and she played the piano Mm -hmm. for churches and so um she's a great baker not a great cook but she's a great baker mm-hmm. um and so yeah I think that you know like looking back on it now and I, I think like most kids like you don't really appreciate your parents until like mm-hmm. you probably become one really like to be honest I don't think people really appreciate the things they par- their parents did um until they themselves are a parent
0: but mm-hmm. um,
1: I I appreciate like the more the multitude, like her, her multitudes. Like I don't think I really realized how dimensional mm. she really was. So I'm, yeah. So I'm just really grateful that I grew up with her, baking and having her music fill the house and um, feeling protected.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, she's always she's that mom that will yell at a principal. You know, like she's yes. definitely <laughs> definitely protective of her children. Yeah. I'm not. Our personalities are completely different. <laughs> but in some ways, I do have some of those aspects, and I'm grateful
0: for that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you said you do have some of those aspects, and you also said you know you appreciate um, her outspokenness more now as you've as you've gotten older. So, what are some of the um, what are some of the lessons that you learned from her, either directly or indirectly from watching her or from what she told you? What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from your mother? Oh, wow.
1: It's one of the things she always says to, or at least the last handful of years that's really stuck out to me. She's like, you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. And I am definitely a person who has really struggled and, and working on all the time for asking what I want, mm-hmm. <laughs> asking for what I want and like being upfront and honest about it and not tiptoeing around it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's like, you don't get anything if you don't ask for it. Like the worst thing people could say is no. And like, I don't think that like li- really not until like the last two years of my life have I really been trying to adopt that way of being, even though it's been modeled for me for so long. Mm-hmm. Um like, the honesty, and then also, like, um, you know, she was also really upfront about, like, how hard it is to raise kids.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, so I think I learned from her, too, like, how to how to fiercely protect your kid, and, like, when you know, like, to protect your children, and, like, and what that looks like. Like, I think there's definitely an instinct that we all have, but, like, even just kind of dealing with issues at school with my own children... Like I think having that model for me, like knowing and being able to have seen and experience her be mm-hmm. vocal and you know ass- assertive mm-hmm. to get the needs met.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I think that even just that has been super helpful for me moving mm-hmm. forward and dealing with my own children. It's like, okay, how can I still? Um, and part of that too is like that no filter thing. Like she she act like she acts based on. In, not always emotion. There's definitely some logic in there, mm-hmm. um, and I think intuitions. I don't think I realized either. But yeah, I as I've gotten older, I've learned to just like. That's I don't want to say like reinterpret because I don't think that's what have have better context mm. for the experience I had as a kid. You know what I mean? Does mm-hmm. that make sense?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, as you said, you know, when you're a, a child, you are perceiving the way that your parents are behaving through the lens of a child Um, through, you know, the limited experience of a child, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't have the context for why they may be doing the things that they're doing. And that, you know, expand that understanding expands. Um, And with that, you know, the understanding of what they've done expanding the, your understanding of your parents, I think also expands, um, as you get older, but yeah. Um, so how did you perceive if you can, you know, if you can think of it that way, but do you recall how you perceived your mother being outspoken and asking for what she wanted when you were a child? How did you, I know you said that her being outspoken um, was something that embarrassed you (laughs) sometimes when you guys were out, but on the whole, you know, how did you feel about how outspoken your mother was when you were a kid?
1: You know, it was really hard for me because, like I said, our personalities are just so different, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I definitely take after my dad, who's much more quiet, introvert. My mom's just very social and kind of outgoing and wanting to – and it was just hard for me. I think – honestly, I think my relationship with my mother was not – it wasn't as deep or connected as I think I – like it is now, mm-hmm. I think, just because of that difference. Like, I just, our personality types are just so different that I couldn't relate
0: mm-hmm. to mm-hmm.
1: her. And I was just very much of an interior person.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so, and, you know, like, my, just to have an example, so like my husband is an extrovert for sure. Mm-hmm. And so he takes my quietness as kind of like either. Uh, well, now, now he doesn't because he knows me well enough after being married <laughs> for so long, but it used to offend him and or or it used to upset him or he used to think that I was angry or so. so like I also wonder, like if I were also an extroverted child, our relationship might have been different because there just would have mm-hmm. been more communication, but mm-hmm. I just wasn't that type of kid.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: was always quiet, and my mom. My mom. So she's like, Alicia she doesn't laugh. She doesn't smile. She never did when she was a kid. She's just like a super. She's just super serious. She always was <laughs> as a kid. So like, um. And so now though, I think because I can talk to my mom like an adult, and there's also like this, you know, I grew up with parents who were definitely raised by like black parents who went to church. Mm-hmm. So very much do I know and remember instructions of like children are to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Like you know, an adult you know, children are to be, you know, um, submissive to their parents. You don't talk back. You don't talk to, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. like, I think that also plays a role into how my relationship goes with my parents and, you know, in particular with my mom is that, like, there was a lot of messaging about you being quiet and, Mm -hmm. like, not talking back and not talking up. And maybe myself as that kid, like, interpreting that as, like, there's no sp- there's no room or space for things that aren't necessary. As I got older, oh. it got easier, I think, like high school and older. Mm-hmm. It was much better, but as a kid, don't you know, yeah, I, we were not super connected.
0: Mhm. Mhm. So, thinking some more on that, um when you think about what you needed as a kid, um where where were the places where the way you were raised were aligned with what you needed and what was challenging about the way that you were raised given who you were as a child?
1: Um, you know, I will say like, I got what I needed in that. I always had space. Like I don't, like I always had people left me alone. Like it's just me (laughs) and my brother. So, um, like I, I think I definitely in that regard, like, like I, had friends i played outside a lot i played with kids and you know we always had even within my family like every sunday night we were all in my parents bed watching x files or whatever Mm -hmm. you know like there was always ice cream night together so there was still like that element of closeness and and family and yet also space Mm -hmm. um and i think too in some ways despite you know despite me feeling like slightly disconnected from my family we were because of how much we moved Mm
0: -hmm. we were
1: definitely a very solid unit right like a lot of the messaging I got was always about family like you know don't argue with your brother because when your dad and I die you you only have each other like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, it's probably a morbid thing to say to your children all the time but like I get it what she means is like you know family means more than this silly little fight, so stop arguing. Mm-hmm. Um, treat treat other kindly and love each other because your family is like that. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I think, so, like, I, I don't ever recall the only thing that I would say that like felt like not quite in alignment. And this is just, again, it's, it's also interesting to see, like, how you knowing more about personality types mm-hmm. as a, an adult but, like, I used to interpret my mother's like questions about grades as critique, and she was like, they were just, like, little questions. She was like, no, I just was curious about, like, why you thought you only got a B that time, and not not an A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was, like, A's are the only thing you can get. <laughs> we can't get B's. Um, so I think, like, that kind of miscommunication, like, unintentional miscommunication, which happens in every relationship, mm-hmm. is just kind of funny to think about, too. Uh, but, you know, honestly, growing up I think my parents did like honestly a a pretty great job making sure that we had a sense of stability despite how much we were actually physically moving Mm -hmm.
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah it's so interesting you know that you bring up the the miscommunications that can happen between a parent and a child just like any other relationship i think so often you know, particularly, you know, with mothers because of the pressure, um, societal pressure put on mothers, we forget that that's still a relationship just like any other relationship, you know, and that the two people in those, in that relationship are still two human beings. Um, yeah, I think that, that we can forget that sometimes. Um, so... As you have gotten older um, and have, you know, gotten that increased understanding of your mother's intentions or motivations or even just her mindset, what have you learned about your mother as an adult that has maybe surprised you or is just something new that you didn't realize when you were a kid? Um, I think...
1: I have learned that, like, something that surprised me is that a lot of those choices that she made, uh, things that I would call, like, um, maybe, like, alternative ways of thinking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like non-traditional, thought, or, like, even just like, I've just thought, like, thought intuition. Like, that's not a word that I ever heard growing up. As like a reason why somebody would make decisions, but as I've had more conversations with my mom as an adult, like it's clear to me that that's that's the language that I would use to describe how she has made a lot of choices in her life. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, that's just called like going with your gut or intuition, like uh-huh. intuition. But like that wasn't, you know, choices or reasoning behind choices that were made were never shared with children because like again coming from that background like Mm -hmm. children don't need to know you just do what your parents tell you to do there's no i'm not explaining myself to you right Mm -hmm. um so i think it's kind of i think that probably surprised me the most is that like oh no she just makes a lot of her choices based on intuition and oddly enough as she's gotten older she's kind of set um, she, she used to be, um, I also have learned from her too you now, like, to say something once, just like, if you have to get your, a piece out, like, if you have to say what you need to say, to say it once, and then let it go, because it's all you can do, right? If nobody, mm-hmm. if people choose not to act with that information or that insight that you've offered, then you know, you have no control over it, but at least you've said what you need to say. And I think that's probably like the biggest lesson for me too, is just, like, you know, even a deal investor, when she wants to offer advice, she's like, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to follow my advice, but this is what I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll leave it at that. And like, she literally leaves it at that. Like, she doesn't ever bring it up again, which like most, like, most people will continue to <laughs> nag you or be like, did you do you not remember what I told you? You know, like, yes. So I appreciate that. Because when I think that takes, it's like super mature, like mm-hmm. really emotionally healthy. <laughs> and <laughs> also, um. Oh, but like, but also like a great way. Again, like again, like just in relationship, how to mm-hmm. how to navigate something to be like, hey, I I want to offer you something because I think I have this wisdom, mm-hmm. um, and like, but like genuinely be able to say it and let it go without expectation of anything else in return, mm-hmm. right? Like it's mm-hmm. just okay. I'm offering you this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: take it or leave it. And now, and like, and then like genuinely move on, and not be upset that they didn't take your advice.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is that's a superpower. <laughs> it is. Oh, man, um, <laughs> so as you were growing up, or as an adult, you know, reflecting and looking back, did you witness your mother mothering herself? And how do you now, as an adult, mother yourself mm. yeah see i don't I don't know if that was
1: really modeled for me very much
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: growing up or if or if it was, I don't know that I understood it understood or or understand that in the same way. so I would say like perhaps maybe her self care or a way in which she connects with herself was definitely through playing the piano
0: mm-hmm. and baking
1: like I think those are two of the things that were uh, gifts to herself, you know, mm-hmm. um, with the time that she had, whatever, whatever extra time that she had between working a full-time job and, and trying to raise her kids, and all that stuff. So I don't know, I guess those would be the only things looking back on it now that you, I've never really thought about how my mother loved herself. I don't mm-hmm. know that I really saw examples of that um, explicitly. Explicitly for me, mm-hmm. um, nor was that communicated to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: as a kid. um Whereas, like you know, now when I, when I deal with my own kids and my and my daughter, I'm like, you know, like mommy's gonna go lay in the hammock because like I need to be out in the sunshine. That makes me feel good. Like mm-hmm. I can be able to understand that that means you know taking care of yourself and loving yourself. Mm-hmm. um But I don't know that I had any. She did anything super explicit, but if I were to look back on it now as an adult, I'd say those were probably two things that she did, too, mm-hmm. um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as a way to nurture herself, and I think that's probably, I mean, that's what I do now for myself, too, is I you know, I lean into my, my individual interests and passions that aren't necessarily related to my family
0: mm-hmm.
1: or people outside of me.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, you know, given that it wasn't, you know, explicitly modeled for you, how did you learn to mother yourself or come into mothering yourself?
1: Uh, online groups. <laughs> <laughs> the internet. <laughs> um, the, I, I really did. Like, that this process... Because it, it's not like super new for me now, because I started learning about all of this now uh, like ten years ago. Um, but no, I didn't start understanding the concept of that until I had my I was pregnant with my daughter, mm-hmm. um, and then just kind of and realizing that like I needed to change and wanted to change, and you know dealing with postpartum depression and trying to to manage that. So like I think it probably just became a like it was a, a result of realizing that I need to address my mental health issues
0: as mm.
1: a mom with infants
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, and like, and then learning about like what that meant and like how we could, how we could support our own selves in the midst of dealing with things like postpartum depression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's like caring for yourself and what, it, what does it mean to care for yourself? And like, kind of like this, just this rabbit hole and then being parts of groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, and again, kind of like I was talking about earlier, being part of those groups where there were, they were, they were intergenerational a lot of the times too in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't only in groups with like young moms. I was in, you know, the creative groups that I was a part of had women of all ages.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so be having access to that wisdom, wisdom the of the women who were either just sharing their stories about like the things that they wish they would have done or would have been better when they, were also, when they also had young children. Mm-hmm. Like, that really helped me inform how I wanted to, to do my work. Like, people will say, how do you get your kids to, like, go play without bothering all the time? I'm, like, because I started doing that when they were a baby. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as soon as they started moving, and like, no, I- I'm your mother. I'm not a playmate. I will give you things you need for your stimulation. I'll, of course, I'll engage and interact with you and, like, play. But when it's time for me to be alone, like, you need to know how to be alone
0: mm-hmm. also.
1: And so, like, mm-hmm. because I knew I needed that for myself. Like, that was going to be crucial for me as a parent. So, um yeah it was it was honestly all of the other women that i was able to kind of interact with and socialize with and just learn from in those community spaces Mm -hmm. uh, that showed me showed me ways or at least gave me tools or questions to start asking myself how i could i could do this do better for myself
0: thank you for listening to this episode of our mother's gardens if you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Patah.